Genesis 1 starts with the account of creation. And at the end of Genesis 1, we see the creation of the crown and glory of God, which is the creation of human beings, both men and women. In that account, we see God resting his glory on man and woman and also putting his, delegating his authority and rule to men and women. He then commissions us out, both man and women, to be fruitful and multiply and to subdue the earth. And right there in the garden creates the mission of mankind. Now we know that sin um, came in and began to change things, culture and all different kind of ramifications began to impede our mission. But as Jesus Christ came and we bring the kingdom of God, we are really bringing his glory and ruling authority to this earth. If you think about it though, in the garden as he gave man and woman this mission, through most of history, we have bifurcated that mission in some ways, and we have put woman in charge of the fruitfulness and multiplication, or the home, and men in charge of subduing the earth. But can I tell you, in our generation, as we are bringing his kingdom authority, God is calling us to a new level of side-by-side ministry. I am grateful for movements that arose like the promise keepers that began to tell our men, you are needed in the home. Your leadership is needed. And can I say as much as men are needed in the home, women, we are needed in the marketplace. We are needed in the church. We are needed in pulpits across this globe. And today, as women has filled this pulpit. Can I say we celebrate it on this Mother's Day, but as a church, we believe we need to see more women in pulpits every day as God has gifted both men and women to accomplish his work in our generation. We need more women in the pulpit. We need more women in politics, more women in the boardroom, in the classroom, in medicine, and in law. God is calling us to side-by-side ministry, to be fruitful and multiply, and to subdue the earth, bringing his kingdom glory to this place. Amen? As you're celebrating Mother's Day today, all right, we can clap. As we're celebrating Mother's Day today, as Pastor Kim already said, make sure we, we give our moms hugs, both our physical and our spiritual mamas out there. Give them a call, send them flowers, bring them chocolate. But also as we celebrate the holistic call of women in our day, take time this next few weeks to read a book authored by a woman to listen to a female podcast. And those of you who have authority and are in a position to hire, consider hiring a female in a role that's been traditionally a male role. We're gonna lead to this side-by-side ministry in our generation. Our sermon title today is The Road to Maturity. And what I'm gonna do is basically put one more footprint into Pastor Jim's series on the church I would like to be a part of. As you've heard him speak over the last few weeks, he's talked many times about how we as Christ followers need to take responsibility for our own spiritual maturity. 
This morning we're going to look at how oftentimes the raising of kids from baby to adulthood can mirror that journey of spiritual formation and give us a witness on our call to grow in maturity in Christ. We're going to start with what I think is a pretty cute baby video. This is little baby Adeline. This is only her third week of eating on her own, so we can be pretty proud of her. She's, she's about three weeks into a process called baby-led weaning. I don't know if you're all familiar with that, but it's a new term out there. And her mom says this girl is becoming a pro at this whole mealtime thing. So far, her absolute favorite foods have been pumpkin, avocado, tuna, applesauce, and green beans. Now, good job, little baby Adeline. I, I feel like I tried baby-led weaning with my boys, and we ended up on chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese. So good job, baby Adeline. You are choosing wisely, even as an infant. This next photo is a picture of my two sons. And as we think about growing to maturity, my boys are 23 and 25, and in the next two weeks, we will celebrate with them their graduation with upper-level degrees. Mercer is graduating from Wash U Law in just a couple weeks, and Mer Marcus with a agriculture economics master's degree. How exciting is that, that my husband and I sometimes walk around our what they call empty nest. I'm not sure I like that title. Um, we walk around our house and like celebrate. We did this thing. We've like launched our kids into the next season of life. And there's something kind of exciting about taking kids from learning how to eat to full maturity. But can I tell you, as we look at research on what it means to be an adult today, can I tell you, it's kind of hard. Our 18 to 22 year olds are kind of the age group that we're calling young adults. And in that, there, there are some milestones that we, we hope that our young adults will overcome in order to fully walk into this term called adulting. Now, me at 46, I still sometimes struggle with adulting, right? There is a lot to do to be an adult in this world. And here are some aspects of adulting that we need to see kids come to in order to walk into full maturity. They need to have a separate, fam separate identity from their family of origin, the ability to make their own decisions confidently outside of their parents. They need financial independence. God bless us, everyone. They need to be <laughs> keeping up with routine appointments. They need to establish time management and the ability to establish their own community. Those are some roadmaps to adulting. But one of the problems our young adults are facing is some of the milestones that meant adulting in our past are not as much with us presently. For example, in the 1960s, by the time a young woman was 22, she was probably married. A man, by the time they were 25, and so adulting meant marriage and children. Today, that's different. And so adults, young adults, are looking and they're moving to their future wondering, am I a grown-up? Sometimes as I work with young adults, I have to say, yes, you are a grown-up. In the same way as parents are primarily called to steward the maturity of our children from birth to adulting, it does take a village, doesn't it? <laughs> and aren't we grateful for the school bus drivers and the teachers and our 
children's church workers and all those people that sow into the development of our kids from milk to meat as we're walking kids to maturity. Today, as kids are sometimes confused about what adulting looks like or am I actually an adult, I sometimes think, as Pastor Jim has been asking us to take responsibility for our own spiritual formation, some of us struggle to actually know what it means to be a grown-up in the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be mature? And what does this spiritual formation process look like, both corporately and individually? When I was growing up, spiritual formation was a very corporate identity. We went to church three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We threw in choir practice somewhere in there also. We also sang this song that I think reflected our individual formation. It goes something like this. Read your Bible, pray every day, and what happens? Grow, grow, grow. Neglect our Bible, forget to pray, and we shrink, shrink, shrink. So our spiritual formation designed by our church and our elders was a rhythm that we walked on. Can I tell you, post-COVID, trying to figure out the rhythms of formation, both as spiritual leaders and as spiritual goers, those that are coming, is difficult. How many times do I need to go to church? How many times do I need to pray? How do I live out my journey into spiritual formation? We're going to talk about that today. My thought on spiritual formation is we are moving people, ourselves, from milk to meat with our goal being maturity. And friends, our goal always needs to be maturity. As I have personally been looking toward my own personal definition of spiritual formation, I've landed on this. You can like it or not. I like it. Spiritual formation is journeying the narrow road to Christ-likeness. It's a journey. It's not instantaneous. It's the narrow road because we can do the same things on the wide road and get a different end result, can't we? We're striving to enter that narrow road. And in the end, our goal is maturity or Christ-likeness. This maturity is rooted in the reciprocal love of God, as 1 John 4.19 showcases. We love because he first loved us. If you wonder where spiritual formation starts, it starts rooted deeply in the love of God. As little baby Adeline, she really doesn't have very much to offer her parents except for that cute smile. She loves because her mom and dad first loved her and because they first were the ones that brought her into this community of love. And it is in that community that Adeline will now learn to love in the same way our spiritual formation is birthed in the love of God. What are characteristics? As we looked at characteristics to adulting, let's take a few seconds to look at the characteristics of walking to spiritual maturity. And as you've heard Pastor Jim preach and use our central mission statement, you will see that our mission statement is rooted in spiritual formation. In order to be mature, we need to truly love God. The more mature we are, we are walking to loving the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. 
We are growing in loving self. Can I tell you, in our day and age, self-hatred is at an epic proportion. We were created in our mother's womb, and we were fearfully and wonderfully made, owning, loving ourselves. We have to love our purpose. God has a unique destiny for each of us, and we must love what God has set us, the path he has set us on. And lastly, a mature Christian loves others well as a goal of spiritual formation. Today, we are going to root our message in a scripture from 1 Thessalonians 5.23 on how spiritual formation progresses in a growing Christian. It says this, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Here is the good news. It is God himself that is growing us. As God is growing the church, so is he growing our spiritual formation. And all we have to do is lean into him, and he will begin to grow us and change us into the likeness of Christ. Now, we're growing body, soul, and spirit, and as followers of Christ, we cannot separate the three. All three must be maturing in conjunction Can I tell you, I have seen people that are spiritual giants but are emotional children, and they can be dangerous in the pulpit. God must grow us through and through body, soul, and spirit. We're going to unpack three ways that we develop into maturity. The first way is we we grow through experience, through truly experience experiencing God through experiencing his glory. I don't know about you, but when I had my hands up to worship and we were talking about the glory of God, did you get goosebumps from your head to your feet? We are experiencing God in worship. If you'll check out the photo on the screen of my daughter-in-law, she was baptized this week at Missouri Chi Alpha, Missouri State Chi Alpha with 13 other students. When she went down in that water, she's saying, I am dead to sin and comes out and is proclaiming to the world that now I am alive in Christ and I am a new creation. Look at her face. Can you not see the love of God and the glory of God exhuming from her? You see, Molly has experienced the love of God. She knows what it is to be transformed by Jesus. And so when she came out of that water, the love of God was transforming her. You see, we must experience those of us raised in a spirit-empowered community know that the altar is the strongest motif of the Pentecostal church. It is at the altar that we first find Christ. It's at the altar where we confess our sins and he sets us free and we walk changed in repentance. It is at an altar that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit and we walk forward with new gifts to accomplish his work in our lives. It is at the altar that transformation happens. One of my very favorite altar stories is the story of my grandfather. It was 1950, and my dad was a brand new baby. They were driving in a Chevy pickup. My grandfather had loose affiliation with church as a child. My grandmother um, had a very abusive childhood and had never been in church. 
But as they're driving in the Chevy pickup, they get in a car accident with my newborn dad and his three older siblings. And due to alcohol, they had a major crash. Now, as my grandfather had been drinking, thankfully nobody was hurt, but it was an awakening specifically for my grandmother. She decided she didn't want to be married to an alcoholic, and she had enough of a Christian worldview to know that the church was the place for transformation. And so that next Sunday, my dad and his three older siblings got their hair combed, they put on their best clothes, and they went and sat in the local First Assembly of God Church in New Mexico. My grandfather didn't didn't know very much about Christianity, but he heard the message, he heard the worship, and at the end, he ran to the altar. Can I tell you, at that altar, my grandfather was saved, my grandfather was healed, my grandfather was delivered. He never drank alcohol again, and can I tell you today, that has been broken over my family generation, and I'm thankful for that altar. Church is actually designed, the church service is actually designed for spiritual formation. Because it is in worship we experience God's goodness. It is through the word we understand who he is, and it is through the response that we go forth and we're changed, right? Can I tell you, it has been exciting to me. I, I respect these altars, but today in Chi Alpha, we are hearing stories all across our nations of people getting saved on Zoom and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Friends, we can find altar <laughs> because experience is important. As my grandfather got up from that altar, can I tell you, he was changed, transformed, and delivered, but my grandfather was not mature. He was still an infant in Christ. You see, spiritual formation starts at the altar, but we must do the hard work of yielding ourselves to Christ so that we can begin to start looking more like him. The second point of maturity is not only do we walk in experience, we have to walk through internal transformation as he is changing us both body, soul, and spirit. Author Christine Chandler in her book, Christian Spiritual Formation, talks about the different quadrants of spiritual formation. We have to be formed in our faith. We have to grow deep in the word of God and let the faith in God begin to form us. We also must grow in maturity in our feelings and in our emotions. As I mentioned earlier, we can be spiritually a giant and emotionally a baby and it can hinder us. It can hinder our walk. We must grow in how we negotiate our feelings, understanding that our feelings are one of our greatest predictors of what's actually in our heart. Thank you to our Christian counselors and others who are helping grow us up emotionally mature. We also need to grow in our relationships as we work side by side one in, with one another we need to learn how to be mature in relationship, loving each other well, standing in honesty and truth as we walk with each other. We also must grow to maturity in our intellect. I've been giving my boys mom speeches lately. How many of you still do that? Even doesn't matter how old your kids are, right? We give mom speeches. My mom's speech to my boys who are entering into new academic, new worlds of work as they're completing academics. 
I tell my sons, good job. You've done a great job growing your in intellect, and you've given the Holy Spirit more to work with, because what does the Holy Spirit do? He brings back to memory things that we know. Good job, boys. You're given the Holy Spirit lots to work with. He can use it or he can't use it. It really doesn't matter. But we grow our intellect so we are mature believers. We're walking into maturity. We grow our physical health and we grow in our stewardship, how we manage the things God has given us, our time, our talent, and our money. And as Christ forms himself in us in all of these ways, then we begin to walk forth as mature believers. Can I tell you that as Chi Alpha Campus missionaries, we work with college and young adults, and we have a sense that God is sending a revival to our nation, that there is a great awakening stirring among our people. And as that great awakening is stirring, I believe God is looking for maturity. It is no fun to pastor infants. And can I tell you, it is also no fun to start an awakening with people who have not fully allowed themselves to mature in the faith. We must have internal transformation. And thirdly, in order to take responsibility for our spiritual formation, both corporately and individually, we must disciple ethical living and personal mission. That ethical living is that behavior piece. Friends, our life needs to be different because of the transforming work of Jesus in our lives. Our behavior needs to look different. You know, the divorce rate, they say, is the same in the church in the world. And I would say that we are not maturing relationally. Our behavior needs to mirror what God is doing in and through us. People... Pastor Jim has done a fantastic work last Sunday talking about being people of purpose, people of mission. Can I tell you, mature believers know they are on mission. They know that their life matters and they have a kingdom identity. People who know God, have been transformed by him, are walking out their personal mission. One of the saddest things to see is those who are so just very caught up into their own identity that they haven't fully established themselves as part of God's bigger kingdom identity. Amen. We are walking forth in personal mission. One of the problems that we have oftentimes as church insiders, and as I mentioned, I, I'm actually fifth generation, fourth generation Assembly of God minister. So I come from a ministry family, um, mostly on my mother's side. And one thing that I've noticed as I've walked along my ministry colleagues and those of us who have grown up in church is oftentimes from a young age, not that this was purposely discipled in us, but somehow we have learned to polish the outside and have neglected the inside we become behavioralists or moralists. And we begin to love experience like my grandfather had at the altar and then expect to walk out in full maturity as behavioralists without the hard work of spiritual transformation. Jesus talked to a group of church insiders in Matthew chapter 23 and said this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! 
What are people calling people in church these days? Ah, uh, I don't want to bear it to you. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Friends, today the Lord is calling us to new levels of maturity to yield ourselves to that internal transformation because he is looking for an awakening of people that are fully grown up and fully mature in him. Recently, I was getting ready to walk into one of, uh, one of the meetings I was leading. You know, when we're leading a team, you usually get to hold the agenda, right? It's not kind of exciting. You get to hold the agenda. You get to tell people when to talk or not to talk. It's kind of fun. So I was walking in there and I knew that I was leading the team meeting and the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, Crystal, I need a grown-up in there, not a child. Wow, what did that mean? I knew immediately what it meant. Crystal, I need you to lay down your insecurity. I need you to lay down your people-pleasing. I need you to lay it down at the altar. I need you to lay down what, what you wonder what people think of you. I need you to lay that down because I need a grown-up. I need somebody who knows who they are in Christ. I need somebody that's ready to walk out in spiritual authority. I need somebody who's willing to listen to my Holy Spirit and walk fully in that. Lay your insecurities down at the table so I can truly use you today. Here's the problem. Many of us are not formed by our Christian faith into the image of Christ, but are rather forming a faith that will shape us into our own image of happiness. Happiness is the God of our nation, and kindness is the method. Can I tell you that does not satisfy? We need to be a people who are fully transformed through experience, through altering, whether it be up here or whether it be through Zoom. Find a way to experience God. We have to find a way to walk in spiritual transformation from the inside out, and our behavior needs to align with what God is doing in and through us. As we are doing this, I'd like to close with this message. Sometimes as Christians, I've even said this before, oh, I'm just trying. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to do this right. But friends, self-help never works. And trying is not gonna get us where we need to go. The phrase we need to bring to the table is not let's try harder. The phrase we need to bring to the table is let's come closer. Because as we come closer to an almighty, all-powerful God, he will begin the work of transformation, and the only response that we will be able to give is, here am I, send me. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be on mission with my friends and family here at Central Assembly, God. You have called us together as a family unit, Lord Jesus. God, you've called us together, both pastors and God, those who are coming every Sunday, a part of the congregation, Lord Jesus, to grow in you, Lord. You are calling us to full maturity in you, that we are not still on the milk of carnality, but we have stepped into the meat of full spirituality, God. Let us be those who hunger and thirst for more of you, who fight for altar moments, who fight to be transformed by you and walk forward 
with bravery and courage, Lord Jesus, into your mission for our life, Lord Jesus. God, allow our hearts to grow in expectancy for revival and awakening to hit our land. I come against despondency or the lie of Satan that it will never change. Let us believe you, Lord, that you are awakening the dead, you are awakening the sleeping. You are taking those of us in the church who have been quiet and you are giving us voices. Let us walk into our full destiny with bravery and courage. We pray it in your precious holy name. Amen.